What a weekend it was, and welcome into the GT Counter Podcast. My name is Tyler. Joining me, as always, my co-host, the Gray Man, the Triple G King himself. What you got for me, Grayson Winters? Well, you know, Ed, uh, some would call it global cooling right now. Uh, I'm At the moment, we're closer to the ice age than we are to drowning from the polar ice caps melting. Uh, yeah, it is. it is balls cold outside, Ed. Uh, about 10 degrees in Oklahoma right now, uh, it, which is the highest it's been in the last three days. So we're, we're just trying to make do. Yeah, I think we got up to 27 here in the uh, here in the Metroplex today. So so cold, uh, not exactly what we have in mind. Uh, we did not like also having a full work day as well when the school in town was out for the day due to cold temperatures. Uh, would have loved to have been on the school schedule today, let me tell you. Yeah, Taryn's been off of school for, uh, well, she had MLK Day off, but so did 85% of the country. Um, and then she had today off, and they didn't even do a virtual day. So for her, which is just an absolute waste, because, you know, you'd rather have a virtual day, you know, not have to make it up later in the year, but it is what it is. You can only do so much. So Exactly. So it just is what it is at this point, but we trudge on. And uh, we have to make up for the cold temperatures with our scorching hot takes, which is what we will do on this episode. So coming up on the show today, we are going to have to dive into the wildcard weekend, a couple of debacles, and maybe only one really, truly good game. So we'll get into that. Uh, some news and notes from around the college football world, as that's still, you know, the bread and butter for for me these days. And then in uh, odds and ends, we'll touch on uh, a couple of odds and a couple of ends. So excited to get to that but let's not waste any time here gray let's get into uh get into triple g right off the rip let's uh, just send it over to you and uh let you take it from here to recap roger ball on the weekend uh what an utterly confusing weekend um there's a ton of games where probably i would say 85 percent of america did not pick this team to win in this game um so let, let's just let's just start it off uh, going into the early Saturday game, Texans versus the Browns. Um, you know, you said it in the podcast. You said that Joe Flacco's claim to fame was going to come to an end, and it did in this one. Joe Flacco throws two pick sixes in this game, and the Browns get their clocks cleaned by C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Um, putting a 40-burger on the so-called best defense in the NFL is – it's something that's extremely impressive. I mean, it's I love it. Um, this Texans offense is extremely versatile, and they basically can do whatever they want right now offensively. C.J. Stroud, 16 for 21, 274 yards and three touchdowns. And they had a decent little run attack in this game, which is something that we haven't really overly seen this year. Um, 76 yards, didn't break over 100, but it helps the offense out when you can take a little bit of pressure off. Uh, CJ Stroud and passing the ball every single play. So any any takes on this one, Ed? Yeah, Singletary being able to get five yards of carry was pretty big for them. He was really the only one who who took a ton of carries. They didn't run the ball just a ton, maybe, you know, right around that twenty to twenty-three carry mark, somewhere around there. So nothing too serious on the ground, but getting five yards of carry out of your out of your bell cow was good to see. They limited C.J. Stroud's exposure against this defense, just 21 pass attempts, and uh, he was uber-efficient. 274 yards, 17 yards of completion. That's great work. A near-perfect QB rating, which is pretty cool to see. And then, yeah, this is the first of the a few games this weekend where the the stats did not necessarily tell the truth. You look at the end of the game where the – the Browns outgained the Texans by 30 yards, out time of possession them by 10 minutes, you know, four sacks to none, but it's two pick sixes and, you know, the give up is real from there. Once uh, you're down 10 at half, you think, you know what, this is pretty reasonable, manageable to get back into it, but you go two back-to-back pick sixes in the third quarter and all of a sudden you find yourself down by 25 and you know what, that's, uh, that's kind of that, so... Kudos to the Texans for capitalizing on it. Flacco will throw you the ball. He's always thrown you the ball. You just got to catch it. And the Texans did, and they housed them. So good for them. And uh, 
excited to see them move on. Tough one next week against Baltimore, but uh, it's good for CJ Stroud. It's good for the Texans, and uh, we love to see it. Um, moving into our second Saturday slated game, the Chiefs took on the Dolphins in Arrowhead in sub-zero weather, and it showed. I mean, we talked about it. Tua Tagovailoa hasn't played in under 40 degrees in his life, and it really showed in this game. This Dolphins offense that was supposed to be the best offense in the NFL did absolutely nothing. So you get to see on Saturday the best defense in the NFL let up a 40-burger and the best offense in the NFL not even break 300 yards. So it was it was truly a what-the-hell Saturday, to say the least. Um, Patrick Mahomes played really, really well in this game. Um, throwing for 262 yards and a touchdown. Um, the ground game seemed to be a little bit potent in this one, as we probably expected with the <clears throat> with the cold temperatures. Um, you know, kind of was not not happy with the way that Andy Reid decided he was going to finish this game. You know, you got Isaiah Pacheco to hit the over at 89 over more than 89 and a half yards. He has 89 yards, and you pull him out of the game and you give the the last four handoffs of the game to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm crying in the club. It's unbelievable. I I can't believe that something this monumental happened. Um, Vegas called on the phone to Andy Reid, and he's a sleazeball, sleazebag kind of guy. I hope that his mustache after it froze fell off. Takeaways for me on this one, uh, Patrick Mahomes finally just stopped throwing the ball to people he doesn't trust with the football anymore. Uh, He threw the ball 41 times, and over half of those were to two guys in Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. Nobody else received more than three targets in the game, so kind of a big deal there for Mahomes to shrink down his weaponry there and just go with two guys he trusts. Um, he also scrambled for 41 yards on two rushes. So big of him to use the legs and get out in space. But for the dolphins, I mean, they need to run the ball in order to be successful. Uh, Mostert only 33 yards on eight carries just couldn't get, couldn't stay in touch long enough to really run the ball. They had to throw it. And, you know, that's just putting your quarterback in a bad spot. Although I will give them credit. He did not get sacked in the game. So they were able to keep him upright. It was just, you know, a little bit tough there. Uh, Tua was your second leading rusher. That's a problem. Uh, HN only six carries for nine yards. That is confirmed not good. So uh, couldn't get any explosive place to hill except for the one, the 53-yarder. Uh, other than that, no real explosive plays of notes. That was the only play above 20 yards for them in the entire game. And uh, when the Dolphins are not explosive, they are not winning. So one play of 20-plus yards equals a pretty handy loss. And uh, back to the heat of Miami or uh, maybe a, a detour to Cancun on the way back to uh, to end the year for the Dolphins. But a successful year nonetheless. It's a great step forward and uh, you know something they can definitely build on. Now moving into the first Sunday game, the game that everybody wants to talk about. The Packers handle business in Arlington against the Cowboys. Etzel was boots on the ground in this one. Um, Etzel, I'll, I'll let you take this one away for the start. Well, first, I just need to, I feel like I have to do a civic duty here. Um, as bad as you thought it was on TV, let me just tell you, it was 10 times worse being there in person. There's green and yellow all over the stands yelling, go pack, go every chance they can get. Uh, the, the Cowboys were pretty dead from the beginning. You know, Jordan Love walked down on the first drive, touchdown. Cowboys are forced to punt on the next drive. And then uh, the the Packers walk down and score another touchdown. It's 14-0. Dak throws a pick towards the end of the first quarter. And right there early in the second, it's 20 to nothing after a doink PAT. So. It was just dead from the start. And then, you know, the Cowboys finally work a little momentum, get it to 27-7 before half. Uh, And you're like, okay, if they can score a touchdown after half, you're at 27-14, and truly all bets are on here, and and you can make this thing a game. But 
they kick a field goal to start the second half. And you could have told me there that the Packers were going to name their number. And they certainly did 48 points. They got to pull Jordan love at the end of the game. Uh, although they did put him back in after the Cowboys scored a couple of pity touchdowns there. Uh, significant to the to those who are rooting for the uh, Cowboys team total to go over. So appreciate Fat Mike keeping the uh, keeping the starters in there. But this is a statistical nightmare of a game uh, because the Cowboys ended up outgaining the Packers by 100 yards, but none of that was in meaningful time whatsoever. Dak had 87 yards at halftime and finished with over 400 uh, 37 first downs for the Cowboys. I don't know if I've ever seen a number that high in my life. And yet it's probably the most meaning, meaningless stat in the entire game. Uh, Dak, two turnovers. Both of them were either a direct pick six or led directly to a touchdown on the Packers ensuing drive. And that's the difference in the game. Two turnovers that go the other way. It's 14 points. And if you look at that, then it's 34-32 and... Truly anything can happen from there. So uh, a disaster for the Cowboys, one that you'd think would inspire wholesale changes. As of time of recording, this is uh, 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. We have yet to hear anything in that regard, but at this point it'd be pretty shocking to see McCarthy be back again after truly one of the, I wouldn't even call it shocking, it's just a damning game. It's an indictment on the culture, on the team, on the coaching staff, on the players, on ownership, on the organization as a whole. It's just damning. Just You can't afford that. You can lose. That's fine. You can't lay an egg like that. You were down 32 on your home field in the fourth quarter before you scored a couple of pity touchdowns to make it look more respectable than it was. But let me tell you, the Packers could have scored 60 in this game if they wanted to because that Dan, Dan Quinn defense was getting wrecked the whole game. I know you had a stat about some of their personnel packages and and things like that, so I'd love for you to bring that up as well as what you saw in the TV copy of the game. Yeah, you know, coming into this game, I thought that Green Bay just about had no chance. I knew Green Bay was a good team, but the Cowboys had looked next to absolutely unbeatable at home, and them getting two home games probably, maybe three if the – 49ers somehow lost, get three home games in the playoffs. Um, I felt like this was a shoe-in for them to potentially win a Super Bowl this year, you know. I never backed the Cowboys, but this year I was like, they have the best roster in football. And the story of this game was utter domination by the Packers. I mean, Packers score on six of their first seven possessions, and they did exactly what the Cowboys had been susceptible to all year. you know. The Cowboys want to weak box you. They want to play with speed. They want to run dime packages the whole entire game because they want to tell you that you can't run the ball. We're more physical. I know our DTs aren't good, but Micah Parsons and D-Law make up for the fact that we don't have great DTs. And the point being made is, is Green Bay said bet. They put two tight ends in the game and ran the ball down their mouth. And Aaron Jones had his way. And... Aaron Jones has been hurt a couple times, kind of cost Edsel uh, playoffs and fantasy. Um, point being made, when Aaron Jones is in the game, he's a game changer. He's a game changer back when he's playing. So you give him that, you give him a weak box, it just leads to success for this team. And then you turn around and you say, all right, now we're going to all-out blowout for the run, leave Stephon Gilmore on an island against Romeo Dobbs, and let him get absolutely cooked. And he gets cooked over and over. and it's. Oh, gosh, it's so embarrassing. This is a, such an embarrassing loss. Um, Dak came out and said, you know, he takes accountability for it. He said, and I quote, I sucked. Um, yeah, we already know that. We've been saying that you've sucked for years. We need to get, a, they need to get a new quarterback. I mean, it's simple as that. They need a new coach. They need a new owner. And they need a new quarterback. If it was any other team in the country, in the NFL, that had this roster, they would win the Super Bowl this year. It's plain and simple. Give Mike Tomlin and the Steelers this roster, they win the Super Bowl. So here's my thing. I argue that two of those three things you just mentioned do need to change. Uh, let me list those off in order of easiest to replace. Number one, the coach. Far and away is the easiest to replace of those three. Because Dak is owed $60 million next year, whether you trade him or not. 
And then the owner is never leaving until he dies. So that's just part of it. Um, Another thing about the defense, this is from Benjamin Solak on Twitter. Dan Quinn has coached 55 games as the Cowboys defensive coordinator. Six of his worst seven games in EPA per drive, which is expected points added. It's basically a metric that shows like how much points are going to be added per drive or expected points per play added or something like that. Basically a, a good analytical tool to show how good your defense is. Six of his worst seven games by EPA per drive came this season. And five of his worst seven games in that metric have come since November 1st. So this defense has taken a hard turn this year, especially since November. Granted, you could say there have been injuries associated with that. No Vander Esch this entire year. No Diggs this entire year. But that's no excuse. There was there were schematic flaws in this game that got exposed. On top of the fact that Jordan Love just played out of his mind. That was incredible to see. He was fitting it in windows. It was truly impressive, but that doesn't let the Cowboys off the hook. It was it was a disgrace, to be completely honest with you. It, it is a loss that should cause wholesale changes, uh, if not at the head coaching position, certainly at coordinator, and uh, would not be at all surprised to see that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll hammer, we'll hammer into these coaches in a second because there's a lot of uh... – there's a lot of interesting stuff that's happened in the NFL the last couple of days with coaches visiting programs and where these teams lie with coaches and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll hammer that in a second because I'd love to get after Big Mike. Um, moving in to the first game on Sunday, or the second game on Sunday, I apologize. The best game of the playoffs so far the Lions beat the Rams by one, 24-23, and the Lions get their first playoff win since 1982. Maybe it was 78. It's one of the two. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said the number. I shouldn't have said the year when I don't know. Um, point being made, it's somewhere in between 78 and 82. Okay, you guys can do the math. Um, so, on this game, uh, you know, it was a back-and-forth battle. You know, Jared Goff played really well. Matthew Stafford played really well. Puka Nakua played absolutely unbelievable. He is an absolute show to watch when this guy's on the field. He catches everything and anything. I mean, they're throwing – Matthew Stafford's throwing absolute laser beams to him in coverage. He's running ends across the middle, getting smoked, and he's just catching balls that nobody else would probably catch. Um. It's it was so 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 impressive um, to watch this just as a whole. Um, you know, you look at the you look at the stat line on this game, and the Rams outgained the Lions by almost a hundred yards. Um, the first downs were right around the same. Um, penalties were right around the same. The fumbles lost, interceptions were zero for each. There was no turnovers in this game, and. The time of possession is a difference of five seconds. I mean, this was as even of a game as you could possibly ask for. Um, I said in one of our group messages that I hated watching the NFL right now because it's just so boring. There's no blow. There's no good games. It's all blowouts. I said this right before the Sunday game, and this was the game that I've been waiting for for months to watch. It was freaking awesome. I mean, I, I, I loved this game. And I love, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for the Detroit to, uh, to pull it off. I mean, really. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It was the banner game of the weekend and it needed to be because there were no other real excite, exciting games to, uh, to note there. Uh, Grayson, what have we always said when there's close games, it comes down to special teams and red zone. And, uh, when you look at this game, the Lions forced the Rams into three red zone field goals, whereas the Lions punched it in in the red zone every single time. Uh, it's it's a it's a game of opportunities. This game of football and uh, the Lions made the most of their opportunities down in the low end. The Rams did not. You turn one of those field goals into touchdowns, you win the game. However, they settled for field goals of twenty nine, twenty seven. And 24 yards. And that, my friend, is how you fumble the bag in a close game. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was a f- phenomenal game to to watch. Yes, and so I just do want to give a quick little shout out to Matt Stafford, who I am a known hater of, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but that dude, I think it was in the third quarter where he got absolutely obliterated on his throwing shoulder. Then on the way down, he took a huge hit to the head and then also got stepped on just for good measure. I don't know how that dude walks after the end of some of these games. And the fact that he was throwing some absolute missiles in there towards the end of the end of that game to try to get the job done, uh, truly couldn't be more impressed. I know he's kind of at the end of the rope here and you got to truly wonder how much longer he can do this, but got to say in a homecoming game, crazy atmosphere, uh, he did his part, man. It's uh, it's incredible to see him at the top of his game, and uh, I will say I'm glad the result was what it was, though. It's uh, it's always good to see uh, the Lions do something good. We love Dan Campbell. Uh, his post-game speech in the locker room was outstanding. Just a ball of energy, a ball of fight, and uh, he certainly bit kneecaps this year, and now they're going for another. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta love, uh, gotta love Dan Campbell. Um, really hope he he wins Coach of the Year, but it seems like he's falling, uh, falling back in that as we speak. Um, but you never know. There's still there's still time. So, moving into the first game yesterday, the three thirty game that I'm sure fifty percent of people did not probably watch, uh, just because it's at a, such a random time on a Monday. The Bills moved the game back due to weather and, you know, this, that, and the other. Uh, the Bills win 31-17 to over the Steelers in a game that really didn't feel like it was this tight. Uh, the Bills kind of did just about whatever they wanted to do offensively. Josh Allen is playing really, really darn good football right now. I mean, 21 for 30, 203 yards, three touchdowns. 74 yards rushing on the ground and a touchdown. And, I mean, they score 31 points on the Steelers' defense who didn't have T.J. Watt, and that's a difference maker in this game. But a still a really good Steelers' defense that has played their balls off all season with the Steelers' offense that, to be blatantly honest with you, is about as bad as it could possibly be. Um, a defense that's really been winning a lot of games for this team. And the Bills did this, and they did this without Gabe Davis their best, probably debatably their best receiver in the last six weeks of football. Um, James Cook has finally come around, and he's a Pro Bowl back this this year. And that's something they've been missing is a real good run attack with this team. Uh, Dalton Kincaid finally coming, you know, finding his spot, finding his groove on this team. The rookie made an unbelievable catch. You know, a tight end making a wide receiver touchdown type catch in this game was absolutely huge. And Khalil Shariq. You know, he's coming together. He's looked really well in the last couple of weeks. And he's kind of filling in that Cole Beasley spot that they've been missing on this offense where he's just doing the little stuff, catching drags and taking them big, catching slants and taking them big. You know, catching those kind of Weasley slot passes that, you know, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs can't do because they're big, deep threat kind of guys. So this Bills team is is catching that footing, and they're catching their footing at the perfect time. This is a scary team that gets to take on the Kansas City Chiefs at home this week in the first game that Patrick Mahomes has played in the playoffs, not at home in Kansas City. So, besides the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one, um, an interesting one this upcoming week. So, I truly can't wait for that one. It's going to be so exciting to see him take the show on the road there. Um, as far as this game goes, I'm truly impressed with the Steelers and just how their organization functions. They truly had no business being in this game whatsoever. And yet you look up in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes left, Rudolph leaves them on a drive and all of a sudden it's 24, 17 with, you know, nine and change left. It's like, are they really going to hang around enough and get this thing done? But you know, the, the drive there by the bills to put it away, really impressive. But yeah, my main takeaway is the Steelers are a team that you just aren't going to be able to put away. Uh, Tomlin, that entire organization, the defensive structure is just too good. And uh, my my respect level for the Steelers is uh, at an all-time high. 
you know, Mike Tomlin's on his last year of his contract. And, you know, it, it makes me wonder, does, do, do the Steelers want him back? You'd think he's never had a losing season. Do the Steelers want him back? Um, does he want to leave? I mean, you know, you don't get a good draft stock here. You have Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph to choose from. He's, You know, you give him all this brutality on him about how he wins every year, but he doesn't do well in the playoffs. And it's like, well, think about the fact that he had Big Ben at the end of his career. He had Kenny Pickett. He's had Mason Rudolph. He's he's had about as garbage bag of quarterbacks as you could possibly have. And it's not his fault. I mean, it's not like he's going out like Bill Belichick and drafting crap show players every single year. I mean, he's drafting a good team. Defensively, they're one of the best teams in the league. So it's, I don't know. It, it's something to think about. Um, I'm sure Cowboy fans would would love to have Mike Tomlin come over and be a Cowboy. I'm, I'm sure that's, that's the facts. There are uh, 32 teams in the NFL who would love Mike Tomlin to be their coach. Uh, the Steelers are included in that. I, I just don't see any way they would let him walk out that door. Yeah, winning and winning every single year. Uh, but, you know, the, the thing about it is the Steelers fans still give him hell. It's like if you're not winning, it's like if you're not winning Super Bowls, then you're a freaking crap show to them. It, it's it's crazy. It's mind blowing. I'd take a I'd take a playoff team every single year over winning the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. They, they should have tried life with Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy for a few years or let alone the dumpster that the Raiders have been through. Yeah. No joke. No joke. It, it, it's fun winning games, okay? That's what's fun. Having a fan base that can watch the TV and know that they're going to win a game. It's it's way more fun than uh, than losing every single week, okay? We're drafting, we're drafting players that are first-round picks that don't play anymore after a year of football. So bo- both of those are not ideal. Raiders are first-team all-prison. Yes. First-team first team, all-prison, first-team all um, new career, insurance claimer, um, whatever they give those pro athletes jobs now. Um, that's what they do. Wonder what Damien Arnett's up to. What a guy. Um, moving into the final game yesterday, Buccaneers versus the Eagles. And, you know, say whatever you want about Baker Mayfield, but that dude's a winner. And he's got that freaking dog in him. Um, came out and just put on a freaking Baker Mayfield show, faking the Eagles defense, 22 completions on 36 attempts, 337 yards, and three big-time tutties. Um, Baker Mayfield just just doing his thing. I mean, plain and simple. He's he's a – this is a, a, you know, a Buccaneers team that I would be worried to have to play. I mean, blatantly honest with you, they're coming out, they're playing the 49ers. Or no, they're not playing the 49ers. I'm tripping. They're coming out, and they are going to play the Lions this week. And it's a team that I'd be worried about. I mean, truthfully, worried to play this Buccaneers team because they are red hot right now. I mean, you certainly have to give them the full respect. I mean, I know the Eagles have certainly been struggling as of late, but uh, yeah, what they were able to do last night, it was uh, really impressive to see. I just wonder how much of that is of the of the Bucks doing where you know they just blitz the crap out of Hurts or if it's the fact that the Eagles were killed by the blitz against the Giants and lost and they were once again killed by the Bucks by the blitz and also lost. It you know, I wonder how much of that is the Eagles being inept versus, you know, how much the Bucks actually did, but you got to give them credit, man. They went out there and did it and uh Baker looked good coming off his various injuries. Uh, impressive to see. Did you uh, did you see what their wide receiver, uh, Trey Palmer, I believe his name is? Uh, he's tweeted, I woke up pissed off, I believe five times in his football career, and he scored a touchdown in each of the five games that have been played on that day when he tweeted, I woke up pissed off. So... For Bucks fans' sake, I hope Trey Palmer wakes up pissed off again next week so uh, he can go get you a nice little anytime touchdown there. And uh, they'll need it against the Lions because we know they can put up some points. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to need it this week against the Lions. Um, you know, some other takeaways from this game. 
Rashad White, uh, 18 rushes on 72 yards, something that we hadn't overly seen from this Buccaneers team to have a big over 100-yard rushing game. And something that we haven't seen from this Eagles team, how about 42 yards on the ground in this game? I mean, what are we doing? The best offensive line in the league gets dominated in this game. Absolutely dominated. Um, even the tush push couldn't save you guys this week. I mean, you try to run tush push and it just gets absolutely hammer time stopped. Um, yeah, blatantly, blatantly honest with you. Levante David and Vita Vea kind of had their way in this game, doing what just about whatever they wanted in this defensive up, defense up front. Um, yeah, the story of this game is that the Eagles fell apart in the last eight weeks of the season. So it's it sucks. It sucks to see it, but um, I don't know where this leaves. Where this leaves the Eagles going into uh, into draft from here? Is it uh, is it time to part ways with a with a coach or what? It's way easier to get rid of the coach than it is the quarterback who you just signed an extension with. So uh, if they are going to change, it'd probably be at the coaching and the coordinator level. Well, those are all the games that that's the uh, you know the recap on the crazy wild card weekend. Let's uh, let's go into a little bit of a uh, a little bit of the coaching and uh, what's what's going on in the NFL right now. Um, Jim Harbaugh has gone on an official interview with the Los Angeles Chargers, and that looks like that might be potentially a good stick for him. We'll see on if that actually ends up coming into fruition, but I think it's it's very likely that that's probably where he's going to end up landing. Um, you got anything on that, Ed? It feels logical. It's a you know pretty talented roster, especially offensively. You obviously need to clean up some of the – deficiencies there but you've got the franchise quarterback in place uh you've got high draft picks it seems like a logical spot for him to land so would not be surprised at all yeah i completely agree the other big time interview this week bill belichick heads over to atlanta to interview with the falcons um don't don't give uh don't give belichick this offense it's plain and simple uh, you give him an offense like that, and it's it could get a little bit scary. Give him give him a quarterback other than Desmond Ritter, and it's trouble. I'd like to pre uh, preventatively apologize to Bijan Robinson for the impending career death that is heading his way. If it is Bill Belichick, who is widely known to use garbage bin running backs in platoon style rotations, shout out to James White, Rex Burkhead, things of that nature. So, uh, Bijan, I hope for your sake it is not uh, it is not old good old Grandpa Bill, but uh, you know certainly uh, certainly could be that way. It'd probably be good for Atlanta as a whole, but uh, we'll we'll just have to see where that ends up. And I will say, I am surprised that Mike Vrabel is not getting a little more attention in the uh, in the interview world yet. Maybe he's just not ready to interview yet, or he's waiting on you know maybe the Cowboys or the Eagles' job to open up, but. Would have thought his name would have had a little bit more buzz at this point. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's a uh, it's a little bit surprising in that in that case. It's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks with the playoffs going down, coaching decisions being made. Um, there's a lot of openings, and I think there's going to be more openings as we as we look into it. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm interested to see what the Raiders are going to do if. Antonio Pierce, the interim coach, is, is the stick for them or if they're going to, um, you know, look to hire elsewhere. So it, it's it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, another, another big topic, Jason Kelsey has officially retired. The GOAT, the best to ever do it in the center position, has said hasta la vista to the NFL. And is going back home to spend quality time with his family and kids. Um, you know, it, it's sad to see a legend leave, but he did it in his own time. So it's it's always good for that. Um, we'll, we'll see him in Cancun at the Pro Bowl, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah. He can get more time to do his podcast with his brother now. So uh, good for him, and uh, I guess we'll be seeing more of him on the uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah, 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm not going to hop into any of these divisional round games, um, but we have an exciting plate lined up for uh, for this upcoming week. So can't wait to uh, to talk about those with you guys soon enough. But that's everything I have on Triple G. Uh, after this, we'll get into a deep dive into some college football notes. All this after the break. This episode of the GT Counter Podcast is presented by Zencaster, the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. Zencaster provides high-quality audio and video recording, production, and hosting right for everyone's individual podcasting needs. Being a creator has never been easier. Just look at us. We started using Zencaster because we are a couple of dudes who like to talk about sports, entertainment, and the goings-on of life. With the help of Zencaster, we've been able to get our thoughts produced and transmitted at the highest quality to you, the listeners. It's super easy to get started. All you need is the internet, and you too can create high-quality podcasts in no time. The best part is that this is all-in-one if you choose. You can record, produce, and transmit your podcast to all major podcast platforms all in one stop using Zencaster's easily accessible dashboard from your computer, tablet, or smartphone. All you need to do is go to Zencaster.com pricing and use our code GT for a generous 30% off your first month of any paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experiences that we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story with Zencaster. Coming back, it's a quick little around the college football, uh, quick little news and notes section, if you will. So let's go ahead and hop right into this. Uh, since we last spoke, Kalen DeBoer has taken the Alabama head coaching job, and he's brought a large portion of his Washington staff with him. Will bring a large portion of players with him as well, you'd have to assume, as something like 19 of the 22 starters from the uh, the runner-up team has uh, ended up either in the portal, in the draft, or uh, is just straight up out of eligibility. So uh, pretty crazy there. Um, Gray, any thoughts on DeBoer, whether you think he was a good hire, and, uh, you know, maybe – you know, just what you what you expect from Bama as the uh, the portal season will get kicked off here. You know, I think it's hard to follow up the GOAT in any situation. I mean, Nick Saban's as good as it gets when it comes to the coaching world. Um, you're not going to find very many coaches that have a better resume than him, if any coaches at all have a better resume than him, maybe ever or in the future will ever. Um. So it's it's one of those jobs where personally I wouldn't have taken it if I was in Kalen DeBoer's spot. Why? You have good things going at Washington. You're stepping into Bama. If you don't live up to the expectation of being a playoff team every single year, you're screwed. I mean, this fan base is going to let you have it. So to me, I, I think like personally for Bama, this is a great hire. I think he's a great coach. I think he'll be able to get the job done. Will he get the job done as successfully as Nick Saban has? I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. Um, it's gonna be all it's gonna be a hard boot to fit, you know? But I think if anybody can do it, it's it's him. There's a reason a ton of guys turned this job down before. Um, so it's it's tough. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping that he does well, but my expectations are probably limited with the SEC getting even tougher with the additions of OU and Tennessee coming in. Um, it, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how good Bama is next year. Yeah, I think it's going to be a true test of uh, realistic expectations for not only the national media but their fan base as well. Uh, they've been spoiled more than just about anybody, so uh, realism is going to be a key for for next year for the Bama fans, and uh, we'll just get to see how well they are. Uh, in testing that realism. So I think DeBoer is a great hire. The staff he's bringing over is excellent. He's made two, two hires on the defensive side of the ball. Both of them are head coaches at the FBS level that are taking a demotion to, uh, to come work with him at Bama. So I think he's making great hires. I assume once he gets there and gets settled, he'll get to work in the portal a little bit. I know they've been bleeding some talent here recently, which we'll get into in a minute, but, I got to think they're going to be off to a good start here. So I really do like the hire. It stinks for Washington, but as we get into that, they rebounded pretty well themselves, getting Jed Fish from Arizona. 
Um, Grayson, does this mean we're a, a Husky pod once again next year is uh, they've taken our King from the, uh, from the cats and now they've made him a dog. Yeah. We have to be a Husky podcast two years in a row. I mean, it's, it's almost a given. Um, I really, I'm really, really praying that Noah Fafita, you know, comes to his senses, pops in the portal and heads over to UW. Um, it, it, it's good. It'd be crazy not to. I mean, what are you what are you holding back for? So, move to a team, move with your head coach. You're gonna be the starter. It's what we need. It's it's what it's what America needs. Okay, it's what the fan base wants. Instead of Fafita and the cats, it's an easy transition to Fafita and the dogs. If we can just get him there. Uh, if in case you didn't see, the rumor came out. I believe Tuesday afternoon that. Both uh, Fafita and receiver, who was an absolute stud, Tetaroa McMillan, uh, are both leaning towards staying at Arizona to see this through. So if they say, I got to say respect to them, but for uh, for our dog's sake, I hope they make the jump. But, you know, it, it does sting for a program like Arizona who f- picked itself up off the mat, out of the dirt. They're in financial hell at the moment. I don't know if you've seen a lot of the reporting about it, how the school – like basically mismanaged their athletic department by $240 million to where there's been a shortfall in their budget by that much. And it's a complete cluster at the moment. So to see them not be able to match an offer for their head coach to keep the band together into next year, it's certainly a tough look, but you know, hopefully Arizona can rebound. Looks like as we speak, they're looking to finalize a deal with the San Jose state head coach, Brent Brennan. So that'll be an interesting hire. And uh, we'll just have to see where our cats go from there. But uh, until further notice, this is still a Husky pod. And uh, we, we are proud to keep that rolling into next year. Yeah. The, you know, the only reason I really see Noah Fafita and this stud wide receiver wanting to stay with Arizona is where do you have a better chance of making the playoffs in the big 12 the raunchy Big 12 now, or in a Big 10 that's going to be the University of Washington and Oregon and Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State. Where, where's your where's your better chance, you know? Would you rather play five stud teams or four stud teams, I guess, or would you rather play Oklahoma State, West Virginia? I mean, you, you tell me. Where, what, what path puts you in? In um in a final twelve situation more, the only thing is is if the, you don't win a Big Twelve championship, you're not in the top twelve teams because you're equivalent to the ACC at this point. So it's another thing to think about. You finish second in the Big Ten, you're probably in the top twelve team in the country. So I mean, plainly honest, it's interesting to think about, but that's got to be a thought process thing there. Oh yeah, I completely agree with you there. Uh, you know, it's just interesting. Like, there will probably be more at-large spots for the two, the SEC and the Big Ten, which are expanding. But at the same time, you know, I mean, what's to say that a 12-1 and Arizona would get left out over 9-3 and LSU or 9-3 and Ole Miss? Like, there's a real chance for them to still get in the playoff. It just depends on what the committee is feeling at any given time, which is a completely different subject. But, you know, I, it's... It's an interesting discussion. I'm looking forward to seeing next year and uh, how it un- how it all unfolds. It's time to go portaling, Grayson. Um, some big big names have either hopped in or committed or both in the in the past few weeks since we had our huge portal deep dive. Um, the number two overall player in the portal this cycle was actually not Evan Stewart. It was actually Isaiah Bond wide receiver from Alabama and he took one official visit. He went to Austin and uh, they did not let him leave. Sark reeled in his guy and uh, he is now a Texas Longhorn. So thoughts on the pickup there for Sark and uh, what that potentially means for this Texas team who's losing just a ton on the skill levels, but is obviously doing a good job to recoup that in the portal. Yeah, losing your three best wide receivers in Xavier Worthy. And uh, was it was it McMillan's the other guy, or what's that other guy's name? 
A.D. Mitchell and Jordan Whittington. Plus the tight end, J.T. Sanders, also going to the draft. And uh, both running backs. Yeah, you get the point. You're losing a lot. Um, You're losing an offensive lineman up front. A couple guys decided to come back. Shout out Jake Majors coming back for another season. Um, We're hype about it. We're we're riding with the Longhorns again this year. Um, Yeah, this is huge for them to pick up this big, huge wide receiver. Um, I mean, you lose all these skill players and you got to make up for it. You got to give Quinn Ewers weapons. And, you know, you say you got to give him weapons. I'm sure Texas has three other five-star wide receivers that have been waiting their turn to play. So it's not the end of the world to uh, to not have this guy, but it definitely doesn't hurt you. That is a fact. Yeah. Uh, Texas also picked up Silas Bolden today from Oregon State. Uh, so start doing work in the portal at the receiver position. Um, in terms of some of the movement that we've seen from coaches leaving, um, Washington, a ton of guys entering the portal, including stud cornerback Jabbar Muhammad. He's in the portal. Uh, their starting center is in the portal. Parker Brailsford, uh, Jeremy Bernard appears like he is going to be headed to Bama. Um, Bama has had a lot of movement in the portal as well. Trey Amos is in the portal. Uh, they lost Amari Kneeblack to the portal as well, who was a huge tight end who was mainly a receiving threat, but he's hopped in the portal as well as a couple of other guys who are uncommitted at this point as well. And then Arizona lost a couple of people in the portal as well. Uh, Jonah Coleman, running back, looks to be headed to Washington. Braden Dorman, quarterback, probably headed to Washington as well following Coach Fish. So... Um, interesting one there as well. Um, interested on your thoughts on this one. Cam Ward, we thought he was headed to the league. However, he didn't hire an agent. He changed his mind and he this week committed to the U, uh, going to Miami next year. What are your thoughts on Cam Ward to the Canes? You know, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I think that he's a really good quarterback. He can sling the fricking rock. I think he'll probably do pretty well in in Miami, you know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what the ACC shapes up to look like cuz I think it'll probably be a better conference than it was this past year. It seems like we've had a lot of good portal transfers coming in. I know Florida State is going to be chewing at the freaking bone to come out and just kind of kick the crap out of everybody this year. I think it could be a really competitive ACC that it wasn't this year, so that will be uh that'll be interesting to see. So it's good to see the ACC getting some depth at the quarterback position. I agree. Um, another big time transfer, Quinshot Jenkins, the stud running back from Ole Miss, is on the way to Ohio State. Ohio State saw Michigan win a title. They are now loading up. They have a ton of returners from this year's team. Surprisingly, uh, Travion Henderson is back. Uh, you get. You've got uh, Will Howard coming in at quarterback. Tons of receiver depth coming back. You've got tons of O-line depth coming back. A ton of defensive depth coming back, which is a bit surprising. So what do you make of the addition of Judkins? Were they just simply a running back away, a quarterback away, or is this just raising the talent level to a point where it should be? You know, I kind of think it's interesting with, with Henderson coming back. I mean, why are you wanting to go to a place where you're going to split reps? I mean, why wouldn't you want to be the lead horse for this team, you know? It, it's interesting to me to make that decision, especially leaving Ole Miss where, you know, you did really, really well during the season. So, interesting to see. Um, hoping that a quarterback and, you know, the addition of this running back can make a difference in this offense. I don't know if it will. This offense looked awful in the bowl game. It didn't look good during the regular season. When it plays a defense that's worth a damn, it struggled. Um, And, you know, I hate to say it, but Ryan Day's got to stop playing so conservative. He does so much good stuff. He's got to play more aggressive offensively. He's been too conservative for too many years, and it's cost him too many games. So. I'll be interested to see because I think last year when they had Stroud, it was kind of their kind of the peak there when they pushed Georgia to the limit there. That was like, okay, that's that's what this should look like. 
I think this year was mainly product of the quarterback. He was not comfortable with McCord whatsoever. Now, could you blame him? The Honda McCord was not an efficient vehicle for him at the quarterback position. Um, be interested to see if Will Howard can step in. Obviously, that's a, a jump from the Big 12 to the Big 10. Uh, seeing the likes of Iowa, Michigan, some of the defenses like that, Penn State as well. So that'll be a jump, but I think he can probably handle it. And we'll see if uh, if Day is able to go back to being a little bit more aggressive as a play caller with a more competent quarterback at the helm. So last one here, big news coming out over the weekend. Evan Stewart, the number two receiver in the portal, according to 24-7 Sports, has gone to Oregon. Oregon is just absolutely killing it, this cycle in the portal. Um, what are your thoughts on Ever- Evan Stewart heading up there to uh, reunite with well, I got, I guess not reunite, but to uh, unite with Dylan Gabriel. And uh, what do you make of Oregon's work in the portal so far? They've been uh, really, really impressive. Yeah, this is going to be a scary Oregon team to have to go against. Um, the Big Ten is, is, you know, if Jim Harbaugh leaves, Michigan is going to, you know, weaken in this conference. And I think Oregon has a legitimate shot of winning the Big Ten this year. They have the offense to do it. Um, I think Dylan Gabriel is a very good quarterback and can get a lot done, especially with what he's going to have at Oregon. He's going to have a better receiving core than he ever had at OU by far. Um, and to be blatantly honest with you, a better offensive coordinator than he had at OU. No offense to uh, to the OU fans out there, but um, yeah, or- Oregon's going to be going to be a legit powerhouse this upcoming season and. We saw Evan Stewart play live in in game, and he is a difference maker. He is a freak show on the field, and blatantly honest with you, he can do just about anything he wants to do when he's in the game. So he's a scary guy to play against. I agree. It's going to be – they have weapons all over the place, and uh, it'll be truly interesting to see them cook next year offensively. It's probably just going to come down to Dylan Gabriel. We saw him at moments this year be outstanding – we saw him at moments this year put himself in harm's way and also put the ball in harm's way. So if they can get kind of the negatives out of him and bring the positives up, like there's no reason he can't do what Bo Nix did this year. So really looking forward to seeing this Oregon team next year. They should be awfully fun in the Big Ten. So that's all I got on college football news and notes, which leads us to odds and ends coming up next, where we will discuss Kanye dropping a new album on Friday. Does anybody care? And then we will go and do a viral TikTok game where we try to guess the item in 10 guesses or less. So all that and more coming up next. Coming back, it's time for odds and ends where it was brought to my attention this weekend that Kanye West is dropping a new album on Friday, January 19th. And I've got to be honest with you. I'm not sure I really care about it all that much. Um, am I alone on that, Grayson? What is uh, what is the state of Kanye these days? And, uh, you know... Does anybody care if Kanye is dropping an album on Friday? Man, I think we all miss the old Kanye, um, not not the new Kanye. No, nobody likes the new Kanye, okay? Um, I don't know if, you know, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories on if Kanye West is Kanye West. Um, I'm not going to d- dumpster dive into any of those and really blow anybody's mind nowadays, but if, you, if you're interested, I'm sure you can find it on TikTok or YouTube. Um, point being made, no. Nobody cares that Kanye West is dropping a new album when they can listen to the 21 Savage one from last week. Nobody cares. Plain and simple. We'd rather listen to 21 than Kanye anyways. Some of the Kanye conspiracies out there, they are they are something, man. That dude has... Uh, boy, the, the cliff ended and then we have just steamrolled right off the edge. Yeah. We've, we've gone over... We've gone into the deep end. Over, over the board, onto the deep end. It's... Uh, it's interesting to say the least. Uh, we'll we'll have to do a conspiracy theory pod at some point in time uh, when you know there's nothing to do but uh but but talk you know so we'll we'll figure something out when we're not going to talk about uh you know baseball or anything like that you know especially college baseball because who watches that? We'd rather talk yeah. about the softball World Series probably. Um, that would be the uh, the Patty Gasso Invitational. <laughs> bingo! Bingo! Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, there's a uh, boy that dude is something else. So, 
Um, if you listen, let us know and uh, be sure and uh, drop your drop your info, what you think about it and all that. But uh, got to say, it will not be appointment listening like maybe the new Drake album. Uh, of course, the 21 album as well. Uh, got to say, it, it will not be appointment viewing like like those two were. So um, up next on the agenda. And lastly, we've both been sending TikToks back and forth to each other. Two guys just trying to guess an item and a certain number of guesses or less. You you say a guess and then on a scale of one to 100, you, uh, you get a rebuttal about is that item close to the item or is it the item or is it not? We flipped a coin off camera. I have decided to be the guesser. Grayson has the item in his mind, I would imagine at this point. So, uh. Grayson, if uh, you're ready, we will uh, get this thing started, and I will fire a guess away at you. Yep, I'm ready. All right, so uh, I feel like it wouldn't be me if I didn't guess if I didn't guess just sports in general first. Zero. Zero. So it, it we're not even close. Oh my goodness! All right, let's go with uh, let's go with house. What about house? One. Oh goodness. One. Let's just go with let's go with space. We're we're taking this off of Earth. Space. Eighty-seven. Whoa. Okay. I've, we're getting somewhere now. We we've gone we've climbed the mountain a little bit, if you will. Okay. Um. Let's go with the moon. Ninety-three. Oh my goodness. What is that? Force? I got six more here. Um Pluto. Let's go with Pluto. 93. Okay, same deal there. So same ballpark. So we took it furthest away from the sun. Let's come back. Let's be the sun. 92. Okay. Um a little over halfway here. I'm all around it. Let's just go with a star. Let's just call it the stars. 94. Okay. I don't know any of the, like the names of like the asteroids or anything. What about the North star? 94. Okay. Yeah. Same thing. Okay. Let's go with Jupiter. 95. I'm all around it. I, I don't know how to get much closer than this. Did I guess Earth? I don't think I actually guessed Earth. Did you not guess Earth? I thought you did. Okay, well, then I'm not going to guess it then. Um, let's uh, let's go with Saturn. Saturn has rings. You know, I feel like we could be on something here. We'll go with Saturn. N- 95. Oh, my gosh. Okay. One more guess and then the final guess. I'm stumped here. I, I don't know how to get much closer than what we have. Um, spaceship? 98. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I, th- I, think, we've, I think we've successfully landed the plane here. Final guess. Astronaut. No, ninety four. Oh my goodness! Oh man, what was it? The Mars rover. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was screwed. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say Mars, and then I was going to go ninety nine. <laughs> you said every planet but Mars. I was like, surely he's going to say Mars. Oh, I didn't even think about the space vehicle there. That's a tough yeah. one. That, that's yeah. You said you said uh, ro- you said a uh, rocket ship or whatever. I was like ninety-seven. That's yeah. as close as you get. Nine, Ninety-eight right there is as close as it gets. I mean, oh man, I thought I I thought I had you there, but after after you said that, it would have taken me quite a few guesses to get there. So not too disappointed. It was a valiant attempt. Yeah. It was. Do you want? Do you want to run one more? You want to run one more? 
Yeah, do you want to flip this thing around here? I I mean, I can yeah, yeah. I can very easily come up with an item here. Yeah, we could we could flip this around. Okay. All right. Give me I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I have an item. Water. You got to be on the white the right wavelength here. 67. Alcohol. 5. Not the right wavelength. You got to you got to dig into the you got to dig into it a little deeper. Ocean. 13. Okay. So I, I need you to I need you to truly think about where water could possibly be. It's not it can't be the ocean, so it could be anything. Um human the human body. 18. We're we're kind of getting there but but not really. Um you know, things that, you know, got a lot of water in it, if you will. Pool. Mm, no, we're not on the same wavelength here. I need you to, I need you to, I need you to dig in a little bit deeper here, Gray. We're going to go with uh, 13. Okay, so that, that's five. Um, let, let's see if this, this might, this might take, take the knob off. Um, how about food? You got to, uh, this should play into, you got to think about it a little bit. So you said water first and I gave it 67 on food. I'm going to give it. I'm also going to give it that 75, but you got to be on the right wavelength to see it. Is, is it an animal? Mm, 10 living, but not an animal. Does it have anything to do with space? Zero. No. So, so that, that eliminates aliens and Martians. And cause that's, that's where I was. That's where I was thinking. Um, yeah, no, not the same wavelength there. Takes it's water and food. Could it be a plant? We're getting somewhere. <laughs> Ninety-two. Oh shit! Um, is it a flower? Seventy-three. So it obviously it, it, it's some sort of plant. Um, now we're talking about. Um. I want to say tree, but I don't think it's going to be a tree. I don't think there's any way it could be a tree. Um, that would be wise to assume. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's go. Just you know, off the hinges. Let's go. How about the Venus flytrap? Okay, you know maybe could be considered predatory among plants, dangerous if you will. Um, I'm going to give it an 86. I think you're on to. I think you're on to it though. This this is my last guess, huh? This is the last dab, your last guess. Oh gosh, and it's a and it's a it's a dangerous plant. Um, it makes you think poison ivy, poison oak. Um, those are you're not you're not in the right you're not in the right spot there. No, we're, we're moving. Away. You can't forget the food aspect of it as well. Oh oh, hold on, hold on, hold the phone. I think I have the answer. It's a cactus. We got it. We landed the plane. It's a cactus. Let's go. That's huge. That's big time. Ah, I thought we lost you there for a minute, but we landed the plane. We got you home. It, it was a cactus. You had you had the the food. The saying reminding me about food was 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 top tier. I needed that. So, because you know, the reason why I gave you water is a sixty-seven is because everybody always talks about you know inside the cactus. There's just water in there. So gave you water pretty high, gave you food pretty high, and then you landed the plane from there. So well done, well done. I had the Venus flytrap. You know, it's you saying it's predatory. Um, it it kind of gave me thinking of you know sp- like spikes, some sort. So so cactus was was right up the alley there. Um, yeah, I, I I wasn't thinking that at first by any means. I was so far away. We, we managed to wind it in, wind it up, as some would say. We got you there, and that's all that matters. So you absolutely love to see it. Love that game. We'll definitely be running that back from time to time. Um, next up on the agenda, we will uh, get out of here on this. We've got to uh, discuss our future podcasting schedule. Um, we'll get it in a pod here later this week to uh, preview the divisional weekend of the NFL. Uh, of course, some odds and ends 
tons of news that could break between now and the weekend. Uh, so we'll be sure and be here for that. We'll get back in the booth next week a couple of times, a couple of times for, uh, you know, after that. And then once we really get through the Super Bowl, it's basically set and sail to March Madness. Um, that's going to be an electric month there as we get down towards March Madness, conference tournaments. Uh, looking forward to that. And then, you know, by the time we get through that, it's time to go to Augusta for the golf major season, Grayson. I know you can't wait for that. We can't wait to get into it. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll look to tamp this thing down to maybe once a week in the off season. That way we can truly, you know, cultivate a, uh, a good schedule for you guys and, uh, make sure we're not, you know, flooding the airspaces here, but I'm excited for the upcoming schedule, man. We've got, we've got a lot coming up and I can't wait to dive into it. Oh yeah. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be an incredible start to the year. Um, we're excited. March is uh, March is just around the corner, and there's no better month than March. You get your conference championships, you get March Madness. It's going to be a freaking spectacular couple of months. So we're excited for the basketball season. We're excited to wrap up the NFL. Um, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be awesome. That it is. Can't wait to bring it to you. So until later this week where we will get into Divisional Weekend, that'll do it for us. For Grayson, this is Tyler. Be the man in the arena. Go make some money. We'll see you later this week. And until then, peace out, everybody.